Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys tuning in and continuing our subscriber drive uh, <laughs> that I've named it. Telling your friends and family to listen to the show and subscribe because our numbers are continuing to go up and it's kind of a mystery on our end, really the whole growth <laughs> of the podcast because yes. we only have certain metrics and we just try to give good content, but... As far as who's listening and how they're finding us, it, it's always uh, it's a mystery. Yeah, but we do know that when you guys listen, it actually bumps up bumps us up in the rankings. So it it allows more people to see the show. So and it allows us to keep doing these podcasts. So thank you so much for sharing and continuing to listen. Yeah. And subscribing. <laughs> and you will want to share today's episode, maybe with your parents, maybe with your spouse. Or um, siblings. Or siblings. It's, yeah. it's really a episode that will apply to everyone and I think is super valuable. And that is how to deal with the challenges of caregiving a parent and the challenges it creates between you and your partner and you and your parent and you and your siblings or other family members. And just speaking on a personal level that I've seen uh, through throughout my family, nothing catastrophic, but it's only normal that these things create a certain level of conflict stress or, and or stress yeah. Yeah, and tension. And there's some simple steps that Linda, our guest, gives us who has just extremely in-depth experience in this field um, to navigate this on all those different levels. And like I said, it's a very dynamic situation between a lot of different parties and a lot of different relationships and one that pretty much everyone is going to have to deal with or is dealing with at some point in their life. And Linda gives us some great advice. And she has been a professional geriatric care manager and a licensed marriage family therapist for over 30 years. And she is the founder of Elder Care Services, a comprehensive care management counseling and home care company. Um, for over the last 30 years, she's been doing that, and she ran the very first Alzheimer's Dementia Care Program in the San Francisco East Bay area for six years. So Linda has a extremely comprehensive and unique background to be able to talk on this subject. And I want to give uh, Linda's full name, Sarah's, Sarah's like, <laughs> give her full name, what... Linda Fodrini Johnson. That's right. And I want she to say, is in San Francisco. Yes. And and she was uh just extremely knowledgeable in this field, like I said, because of that unique background. So this is one that is going to be super valuable in your life. Your relationship can be perfect. Uh, but when you have to deal with a parent, that can be less than perfect. Mm -hmm. Just that relationship and that dynamic um, alone is difficult. And then the stress you can put on your spouse in or that partner. relationship is is just another thing. So lots going on here, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of great stuff for you today. And again, this is a episode that was requested by you guys. So we hope you enjoy it. And please keep sending your topic suggestions our way. Enjoy the episode, guys. 
Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Linda, we like to start the show by asking our guests why they enjoy helping people improve their relationships. It's pretty easy for me. It's about quality of life. And I believe um, as human beings, we we need to be in relationship to uh, enjoy life, to have somebody mirror back to us. Relationships are important. And the better they can be, the better life will be. We agree. (laughs) And today's topic is going to be one that we haven't talked about on the show, but one that most relationships are going to face at some point, and that is caregiving challenges to marriages, or this could be to a relationship. It doesn't have to be a marriage, but I imagine there's all sorts of things that can be a challenge when we are caregiving towards a parent or maybe a a family friend or another relative. And this is an area that you have extensive experience in. So let's start by talking about the major challenges that arise uh, in relationships when it comes to this topic. Well, it's control and power. And in the approach that the adult child might take with the parent, and then it also could be the parent's neediness um, for uh, relationship, which is really important, as I just said, about the quality of life. So if that parent is uh, widowed or divorced or, you know, single parent, um, that's going to put more pressure on the adult children to be the everything for them. And that adult child is often in a relationship of their own, whether it's a marriage or a partnership, or maybe it's just they're engaged in their careers. And that's a relationship as well, but we're talking about more human relationships here. And, um, that neediness of the parent can really pull at the heartstrings of the adult child. And so it's learning to find a balance, basically. And what can I do? What should I do? And, you know, how can I still have my high quality as well? So it it becomes really challenging, especially if you were going to, if you're looking, you get the phone call. This is what happens. I've been doing this for 34 years now, but what happens is that adult child gets the phone call. If the phone rings in the middle of the night, you usually know it's your aging parent. You know, it's always that, oh my God, and now my life is going to change. And and it could change dramatically if you let it, or it might have to change temporarily and not long-term, again, if you have good boundaries and have some balance in life. And and the other issue is resources. Besides being a family therapist, I'm also a geriatric care manager, so I have all the resources to um, 
kind of help the, that adult child, but that adult, they could be a PhD, a physician, uh, an attorney, and they still don't have all the resources uh, that would support uh, an older person in, in their home or the older person in a um, substitute home like retirement living and what's the best. And all of that is when you get that phone call that mom's fallen and broken her hip and she's at the ER and you're the only child or the closest child or the, or the child that's always been the caretaker, you get the phone call. What do you do? You know, do you drop everything? Um, you know, you, your life is full of plans. Uh, do you drop everything and get to the parent? Probably yes. Uh, do you just stay there for a day or do you st- move in for six months or does it take over your whole life because you're always looking for uh, a solution or an answer. You don't want mom or dad to die. I mean, it is about holding on, too. Um, so we get over-involved. And I, I think that's the big problem is is finding what that balance is of being involved, being caring, but also not ignoring your partner uh, and their needs as well. If you do, I guarantee you that something will happen either with the health of you or your partner or your marriage. Uh, I've seen too many marriages destroyed by the overcaring um, child. And they didn't mean to do that, but they were so compelled to fixing and trying to be the answer, emotional answer for their parent. They ignore the, the partner. That's a long answer, but... Oh, it's very helpful. Yeah. And I th- I think a good way to talk about this might be to address the the two relationships we have going on here. Uh one being between the adult and their parent and then the adult and their partner. So, mm-hmm. can we talk a little bit about how to establish boundaries and how we can navigate our relationship with our parent? Um, first, and maybe that will lay the groundwork for a better relationship with our spouse in regards to the caregiving. Right, and and sometimes it's good for the the couple to either sit down and meet with a therapist that has some expertise in this area. Or at least sit down together and say, okay, your mom, your dad needs some attention right now. How are we going to do this and still keep our head above water and enjoy one another and find joy in life, basically? All the things, the reasons why we came together as a couple. So I think you need to be honest with that and say, well, what really matters to me the most is our, you just, list those things. You might have to write them down. Uh, our golf date every Saturday with, you know, the Smiths and the Browns, I I would hate to give that up. It's just meant so much to me. Um, so, and, and the other partner might say, you know what I like is I like that puttering we do on Sunday mornings. You know, we have our coffee, we read the paper, and then we just putter together around our home and do errands together. It, it's a time for us to be together, even though we're doing chores. So, so you then listed what's really important that you don't want to give up. So then again, that one of those adult 
children and <laughs> I hate to tell you but I've written uh, I've written I've been I've worked with uh, families where they have all four parents needy at the same time so it can become very overwhelming uh, when somebody and their needs vary um, and that it's usually a medical issue but it can be an emotional issue too um, and all of this kind of um, will relate back to that relationship in early childhood. What was the child's role in that family? Were they the caretaker? Probably. If they're the, or if they're the only child, everything falls to them. So the parent might be emotionally needy, and instead of connecting to people in their community uh, at senior centers or retirement centers or places where people, older people socialize, uh, they want the attention of the, the child, and they might come up and this, I've seen this over and over again with reasons why that son needs to come over. Oh, my my refrigerator door is stuck. I need somebody to help me turn my um, mattress on Saturdays. So the, and it's really about relationship. It's not so much about those tasks. So if the adult child can have more honest relationship with the parent about mom, it seems like you're really lonely since dad died. You you're coming up with a lot more reasons need me to come over. Um, Maybe it's, you need to get more involved in some activity and the mother usually will deny it and say she's involved in all the activities, but you know, she isn't because there's nothing on her calendar and she hasn't gone anywhere or told you about anything. So, I mean, that, that does tell you that, that her needs are lonely and you're not going to be able to fill them even if you went every single day. Um, so you then you have to st- set limits with that parent and you have to be honest with them. And I'm talking about somebody who's mentally competent. As you know, uh, in our society, in our world, I should say, dementia is prevalent. And uh, so we have people who are cog- cognitively impaired and memory impaired and they forget they called you yesterday with a different uh, task to do. Um, I'm talking you can't have the conversation about reasoning and and finding a a balance with somebody that has dementia, that's not going to work. That's a whole other probably podcast that we could have. Um, But right now it's about survival of the marriage so that the marriage doesn't fail or end because of over-caregiving. I I call it over-caring, where they drop everything in their life and their parent is the focus, uh, and they're trying to find answers for that parent, and there might not be any answers. When somebody is 85, they're on a slippery slope. They're advancing towards the end of their life, and and something will end their life, and we're not, as adult children, as much as we love these parents and want them to be in our lives, we can't stop the natural process of life coming to an end. We can make sure and find resources for our parents to have the highest quality of life, but that life will end and we have to come to that realization. Um, but we don't want our, our relationship to end as well. And so the if the parent is reasonable and, and not um, compromised cognitively, then I think you have a conversation with them. That adult child says, you know, mom, I could do errands for you on Wednesday mornings and Saturday afternoons. Will will that? And I could do chores for you and I could do errands. How will that work? And hopefully 
the, the mom or the, the dad says, fine, that will work for me. But they will try to get you to come over for something. Uh, I have heard so many, I'm out of milk and bread. I have nothing to eat. This is the adult children tell me. And then I go over and I open my mother's refrigerator and I can't even find room to put the milk in. <laughs> There's so much in there and the food is, is fine. She didn't really need the milk or bread. What she needed was to, to have relationship, to be in relationship and Somebody loves her and cares about her, and, and that's why she called you uh, with a need because she she knows that you're not going to come over unless there's a need. Uh, so if you make it a regular scheduled time that you can do errands or assist a parent, that's, that's fair. And your partner also then knows I'm not going to make any dates for us on Wednesday mornings or Saturday afternoons because that's when you're going to be taking care of your mom or running errands for dad. So again, it's being clear and specific and having having boundaries and not giving up what made your relationship special, um, that you're not losing that. Um, and you can easily um, get sucked up into all the drama. Uh, when somebody's hospitalized, they need an advocate. That's true. Um, but maybe you need to ask a brother or sister. It doesn't need to be all you. Um, if, as long as you're not an only child, that's another story. Um, you could find a geriatric care manager someplace in the country to be your uh, surrogate brother or sister in, in that situation. Um, but, it, it, again, it's being clear and having boundaries and saying what I can and cannot do. And that means you're going to have to say no. And that doesn't feel good. It sometimes brings up guilt. I've never said no to my mother, you know, or, you know, my my father made me promise that I would take care of my mother uh, as he was dying, and, and now I'm saying no to her, so I feel guilty. And, again, if you're starting to feel guilty, um, again, see see a professional. Don't Don't stay with that. There is obviously so much to unpack in... This issue, because you have, like you mentioned, the dynamic between the parent and child and then the child and their spouse and all of the things from childhood. And But you, you made a and, – and we could spend dozens of podcasts breaking all these down, but you made just a, such an important point and we talk about it on the show so many times, but that is communicating between – your your partner and your parent because so many times it's not done and you don't say in in or it's not done in a constructive way you don't say hey mom you know i want to be there for you but i'm really busy with work and let's come up with a, a thing that works for both of us i can come over like you said you know i can come over on tuesday and rather than resenting your mom and then your partner's mad at you because you're spending all this time with your mom and away from them and it, and it just goes down these routes that it it doesn't need to and i'm not saying it's easy but we can save ourselves a lot of headache and everyone's gonna in the end come out better for it if we just clearly communicate where we're at, what our desires are, or even you mentioned asking a brother or sister to help you out. That's another family dynamic that I've seen personally in, in my own family and where it's, 
it's like you don't need to sour those relationships too. Say say to them, hey, I, I feel like I'm doing a lot for mom right now, and can you help mm-hmm. me out? Um, and you clearly communicate that, and it's just it's so it sounds so simple, and um, it's not easy, but it's a great way to go forward. Yeah, it, it isn't. There's there's a, there's a I don't know what it is. I guess it's an exercise that I kind of teach people. It's called the FER method. And F is for um, the facts of what's going on. And uh, the I is for, um, God, what is the I for? I'm going to get back to that. But the 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 second, the first R is for re- uh, respecting and the third, the fourth one is results. And you, what you do with this method, basically the method is mom needs a phone call every night to remind her to take her Coumadin, her blood thinner, because she's a little bit fuzzy with memory. And, um, and you, then the I is about yourself actually. And I am, uh, very involved in my work and I have to, you know, be here for my husband and my kids. So I don't have as much time as I would like to call mom every night. And the R, the respect is I understand that you can't go out and visit mom because you can't drive anymore. So you res- you have to add something about respect of one of those siblings to your request. And then the request is, could you call mom just on uh, Mondays and Fridays? and remind her to take that medication. So you, you start with the facts, you talk about yourself, your, you know, what's going on with you, and you definitely find something. I, when I did it with my own brother, he couldn't drive because he took pain medications at night, and he lived the closest to my mom, um, And but he could call her, and it was to remind her to take meds at night. Um, and she always would say, oh, yes, yes. I do it, and you go and see her med box, and she hadn't, if she hadn't gotten a phone call. So we we knew she, she needed that reminder call because she just, you know, her memory was getting fuzzy. So, again, when you're asking a sibling to share the caregiving responsibilities, respect what's going on in their lives and make sure it's a sharing kind of thing like you just mentioned um, if you say uh, you need to do this, uh, you're probably going to get some pushback, but um, or, about everything you're doing, you have to add that little element of respect to get them to usually cooperate with you. And it, it works. I mean, I mean, my granddaughter heard me to a lecture and I was talking about this method and she said, hey, grandma, can I use that with my girlfriends? I said, yeah, tell me how it works. And she said, it does work. <laughs> It's, and I think it's that respect part. Yeah, it can be applied to all means of life. If you're a business manager, you want something mm-hmm. done, it's probably a better way to ask and uh, get results. And I love that acronym and, and that that process. And it takes what I was saying, like something seemingly simple, but it's not simple. And then you're breaking it down in a way to get uh, the results that we want. And, uh, it's so, right. It's, it's, it's so, it's not intuitive. Like we are not born with the ability to perfectly communicate. That's why we have conflict, <laughs> but no. if we can take no. these tools, uh, it's so valuable. And 
I have a quick question, Linda, about in the article, uh, one of the articles you wrote, you mentioned how a lot of times in these situations, couples will kind of put their relationship on the back burner, which results in making them feel like the relationship is actually more stable than it is until the issues come about and then they talk about it and it's almost too late at that time and it can be detrimental for the relationship. Can you talk a little bit about that and, on, and how to prevent that from happening? But first, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Babbel. It's the new year and you guys got resolutions, I'm sure. Maybe work out or learn. Learn a new language. There you go. Put that <laughs> on there. And if you're going to do it, you want to get Babbel. Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in the world. We've told you this. Sarah is learning Spanish. And not only can you learn Spanish, which is super super helpful for us here in Costa Rica, but you can also learn French, Italian, German, Russian, Swedish, and more. There is a total of 14 languages that you can learn in Babbel. So you need to check them out. Their 10 to 15 minute lessons are available on the app or online, and they are designed to get you speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. So if this is your New Year's resolution, you can have it accomplished Within weeks, you'll be learning a new language. So you can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com or download the app to try it for free. Babbel, speak a new language with confidence. Today's episode is also brought to you by Hourglass Cosmetics. For a lot of beauty brands, luxury means something to splurge on and indulgence. But when I experienced the performance and innovation of Hourglass Cosmetics, it was easy to see that luxury means so much more. Hourglass's Caution Extreme Lash Mascara is groundbreaking, and I'm officially obsessed. Their long-lasting formula is completely vegan, never flakes, and never smudges. And it is so hot and humid here in Costa Rica, so if my mascara is not smudging, I know it's a winner. The tapered brush delivers endless strength, intense volume and lift, and it helps get those hard to reach areas like the inner corners and lower lash lines. Caution Mascara is a game changer. It is no wonder Allure Magazine called Caution a lash lift in a tube. It embodies everything I love about the Hourglass brand, a 100% cruelty-free vegan formula that really works, all wrapped up into a beautiful, innovative packaging. Discover Hourglass like I did and experience unparalleled next generation performance by visiting hourglasscosmetics.com slash I do and use the promo code I do to get free shipping with your purchase of a full size caution mascara. That's hourglasscosmetics.com slash I do and enter the promo code I do. When, when a relationship is um, stressed already for for whatever means, um, a couple or a partner situation will find something to triangulate, um, and it keeps. It, it sounds maybe not so uh, intuitive, but it keeps that relationship in check, kind of it's in balance because we're focused over here instead of if you were working on the relationship, you might have to work harder or maybe that relationship would come to an end. And what happens is that that 
the adult children and, and the other um, kind of passively agrees to allow it to happen, Spart starts spending more and more time um, with the parent, but they don't have to work in their marriage then. Um, and so it becomes an escape for not working with on what should be worked on. Um, and so when I'm working with a, a couple and, and that's happening, I make them kind of look at that. What was going on in your relationship before mom or dad became uh, the object of your, your time and attention? Uh, and I will hear about, you know, maybe there was um, an affair with one of them and they they think they resolved it, but they never talked it through. And, you know, there's all kinds of things. Maybe one of the spouses was working way too long and that's not the spouse. It's now the, the other spouse that's taking care of their mom. So neither one of them are giving much time and attention to their relationship. And relationships, I think they're living entities. They, you know, there's me and there's my husband and then there's the relationship. It's like a third thing. You need to feed that third thing with the um, intimacy. And I don't mean just uh, sexual intimacy. I mean intimacy of um, feelings and thoughts and dreams and and even things that are um, upsetting, like politics, you know, you need to have those, somebody to discuss those things with. And um, when you're not focusing on that relationship, you're not feeding that relationship. Uh, and it's going to end. It, it will end or it will end up to be, um, since I work with so many people that are, you know, been married for 60 or 70 years, a relationship of convenience and not a relationship of compassion. I, in many of the older couples that I've worked with, there's very little love there. And I'm guessing they didn't feed that relationship. They each got their needs met somehow. So it was a relationship of convenience and, uh, and not so much of a relationship of getting your emotional needs met. Um, so sometimes that happens that the, one of those individuals will turn to, again, a another relationship. They'll turn to drugs or alcohol because they're not getting their emotional needs met in their relationship. So it's kind of a dangerous thing to happen when you put all your attention on to parent care because your marriage isn't doing so well. You're ignoring uh, that, basically, you're putting that on hold or the back burner. Um, so it's, it's it's not a healthy thing to do. But not everybody knows that. You know, they don't take the time to look at what's going on. Exactly. And I think this speaks to the broader theme that we found in our relationship. And that is, and you mentioned, that these relationships take work and in the context of what we're talking about, dealing, you know, helping a parent or a loved one, it's all time and energy. And mm -hmm. relationships take time and energy. And if you are not taking the time and energy to put into that relationship because it's being put somewhere else, it's not the worst thing in the world. But you are going to be able to take that focus and put it towards your loved one. And, and, because that's something necessary with with balance, but then 
not neglecting the the work that has to be done, but but between that third entity of of the relationship, and that's a hard thing to do. I mean, I'm particularly busy with work now, and we just had family in town, and it's like I don't even have time for myself, let alone <laughs> the relationship in in, in that short period of time. And, and I can feel it between Sarah and I that things, they're not terrible, but they're just not good. And that can slowly turn into, you know, from two weeks to two months to two years. And all of a sudden, you know, you've been in a relationship for a decade and it's uh, like you said, a relationship of convenience. And, mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing that I think always needs attention, uh, especially with our lives being busier than ever um, because we're quote more productive and more networked and, and we think that that's a good thing. But uh, I just wanted to highlight that as something important to, uh, to be cognizant of. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, it kind of is, uh, you know, it's kind of my theory. I've talked about it with my clients in the past is that each one of the partners has to be growing and in, in, in their own ways, but the relationship is a third, uh, it's the third wheel in your house. You know, you have to feed it. You have to work on it. You have to be able to uh, describe it. You know, what is your relationship? Uh, you share meals together and bills. What else do you do together? What are your values? Um, my husband and I have a couple of shared values. We're kind of spiritual. We're kind of involved in uh, spirituality. And we love to do uh, volunteer work and mission work. And um, those are really important things to us. And so we share those things. But if we don't do every week, together. Um, But when it comes to time to do that volunteer work, we might get too busy with work or other obligations. Or if I was caring for a parent, I might have to say, no, I can't go on on that trip. Um, You know, we've done some great trips in other countries and throughout the the United States. And that, that feeds us. It feeds our relationship and it feeds us individually. So you don't give that up. And it's so easy to give something like that up if you have a needy parent. And that's where you say, Whoa, well, maybe I could pay for some caregiving. Um, you know, I, I have the money to do that. Uh, I set aside $100 a week and, and have a caregiver with my mom for four hours. And I can have that time with my wife, even if I just, you know, take a hike with her and we have a picnic in the mountain. And we don't have to spend the $100 better spent to take care of the parent. So I can have some quality time with my partner or my my spouse. I would love to, uh, I know we kind of briefly touched on it earlier about asking your siblings for help, but Mm -hmm. what would that look like in terms of communicating with your siblings that you need help with your parents? Well, I like to do family meetings, but, and you can do a family meeting without a therapist, but I like, I think a a neutral third party is helpful, but that you talk about what the issue is and then you um, talk about what everybody would like to see as an outcome. This is how to have a little family meeting. What everyone would like to see the outcome be and who are they most concerned about? Um, Are they most concerned about mom? Are they most 
her job and, uh, you know, because she's caregiving for mom, um, you know, are they most concerned about grandpa because he can't, doesn't have a wife anymore because she's so demented, you know, what, what, who are they concerned about and what would they like to see the outcome of the meeting? And that's a really good way to start that everybody just says those things. And then you, then you talk about what mom really needs. Well, mom needs somebody to remind her of meds. She also needs somebody to deal with the gardener and the housekeeper because she can't and uh, she needs somebody to help her uh, apply for VA benefits. We we just found out that she uh, would qualify for some of dad's benefits. And so who wants to do which of those tasks? And everybody ends that with a task. Everybody has a role. And maybe one of those siblings that lives out of the area can be the one that phones every single night or, you know, more nights than the rest that live closer. They're at a distance. Maybe they could do mom's finances for her, pay her bills. Uh, So everybody has a role. And then the caregiving um, stressors are reduced. Um, and, and we, you know, we can communicate now with email and text messaging. I mean, we could keep everybody posted if somebody has the responsibility of taking mom for medical appointments. Just say, took mom to see the her uh, primary care physician, and because she's urinating so many times at night, he came up with a new medication for her, so we solved that problem. And, you know, so you let everybody know what's happening and what was done. I, I think, again, as we talked about earlier, communication is the key. And once one person starts doing it all and not Telling the others, we then get sabotage sometimes. Um, again, that's another probably whole podcast for you about <laughs> how uh, adult children caring for parents share that care um, in healthy ways. Yeah, I can definitely see just from my side of the family, my aunt and my mom live by my grandparents and then my two uncles live across the country. And I can see how it can easily become harder to communicate with their brothers about everything that's going on just because they're not right around. And then then it just becomes piles on and then it's hard to communicate about all the issues that are happening. Right. And, and so you can you could come up with a schedule that we're going to, I'm working with a family right now and they live out of the area and their parents are here um, and they have his and her children too. So there's that dynamic as well. But um, I, I'm involved in the parent coordination of issues and kind of problem solving. And then they're involved by having a family meeting on the phone with me about once a month. And so we all kind of communicate what's going on and who's doing what and what are we going to do from here, you know. So we all have our roles, um, and, and that's really helpful. And, I, again, with my own family, when my mother needed help, I, you know, there were two of us that were closer to where she lived, and um, we did the, the most of the running around and the advocating, but the other two that were a distance, they had their roles as well. Um, of course, they have this sister that has this expertise, so they probably knew they were that was going to come to them. Um, but they, they, you know, we, we were cooperative and we all cared for our mom, and we wanted her to be as happy as she could be. So, 
you know, I, you have to have that common goal too. What, what is, you know, when you work, when you have a family meeting, like I described and you come out with, well, the most important thing is dad gets good care and family that was thinking of bringing the, the father to live in their home. I, I have another handout it's called Mom is Moving In, and it's a checklist, and you have to check it all off before you move your parent in with you But um, to see if it's going to be reasonable, actually. But um, with this family, it, Mom wanted to, or daughter wanted to bring Dad to live with her and her husband and their three children. And when after we did the meeting, we realized that, the best thing was for grandpa to have good care in the nursing home because his wife wouldn't be able to visit him. If he was at the daughter's house, the kids wouldn't be able to bring their friends into the house. They were teenagers and early um, community college age kids and they wouldn't be able to use the family room because that's where they're going to put the hospital bed. So we're to upset everybody's life. And the issue was better care in the nursing home. And we were able to do that with some help from community resources and uh, a care manager. So, again, when you come to a meeting with people, you have to be willing to be open to listen to everybody and have somebody also point out what the primary, what, what is the primary issue here. And it could be neediness, that loneliness, that, that mom is just really lonely. And if mom was, she would be in that meeting, too. Uh, in the situation that I just described with the daughter wanting to bring dad home, um, the the mother was also at the meeting, and, and she was able to say, I won't be able to see my husband if he's living over here and not closer to me in the nursing home. Um, so it was obvious. And, and the, the adult... They weren't young adult children, and one high school child was able to say, I'm concerned about my mother's uh, stress, and one was concerned about my father not getting any attention from my mother. So out of the voice of of the babes comes the reality of what's going on, Um, but that could come out in a family meeting. Well, Linda, I think that that's a great idea as someone that has a brother and sister and my parents, uh, my dad has brothers and sisters and Sarah mentioned her family. We can see none of the issues blew up or anything, but they or are blowing up currently, but they can certainly use these tools to have something as simple as that family meeting. So everyone gets on the same page, but then everyone's voice is kind of heard. And it's almost inevitable that just maybe it's an element of geography, maybe it's an element of expertise in your case, both, but that one child might carry more workload. But at least if you're having that meeting and you're able to communicate that to siblings, to the rest of the family, it's going to be just a lot more valuable in getting everyone on the same page, maybe decreasing resentment for having carried the workload and and uh, just for all kinds of reasons. And then uh, before we wrap up, I just want to Thank you for for all this great information and, and emphasize, obviously, this is extremely dynamic situation where we could do tons of episodes on, but that to not let the relationship fall on the back burner because the time and energy 
is being focused elsewhere. So even if mm-hmm. it's just a little bit, uh, because things might get super hectic with with your parent and it and it needs time and attention for a certain period of time, but checking in with your partner um, is such a valuable thing. And and I got to give a shout out to uh, my mom and and stepdad. They listen to the show a lot, and they actually live with my uh, with my mom's mom, my grandmother, and my grandfather, who sadly uh, passed away earlier this year. But they have a uh, they lived together for about six years, and, and my grandmother still does. And they have a great house that they all built together, where it's it's a connected house, but they're it's two separate units, and it's like connected by the main hallway. And you know. It, it it's difficult for for all parties at certain times, but in the end, uh, I think everyone would agree that it, it in for their unique circumstance, it work it's working out, and it's really a beautiful thing to be able to spend that time with um, with one another. And then when I go visit, everyone's there, and 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 uh, and and there was a lot of communication along the way that that helped make that work, and probably some areas that that could have been better. And maybe I know they're listening, so maybe they'll use this <laughs> um, for additional support. And uh, it's all, I just wanted to give them a shout out and, and also uh, thank you for all this great information. Sure. Well, we're only human. We all make mistakes, but the good news is uh, there's always tomorrow <laughs> to, to, to make those changes. And it's really we, what all of us want is quality of life to the end of our life. We want to live till we die. We don't want to live in limbo. We want to have quality life. And I think, I think you to agree with me is being in relationship is where the the biggest joys of our life come from. Not from money, not from things, not from experiences, but relationship. Well, we agree. And that's why we enjoy doing these podcasts. So if you could tell our listeners where they can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, I'm Linda at eldercareanswers.com. And eldercareanswers.com is our website. But if you wanted to ask me a question, uh, that would be my email, Linda at eldercareanswers.com. And I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I can help people find resources any place in the United States. Excellent. Well, we'll be sure to put your email and your website on our show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And our listeners know to go there to check out uh, the great resources you've given us today. Great. Well, enjoy your holidays and enjoy each other. Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, 
we are all here for each other. Um, the group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week.